Look at the adjective. Play. Now is the franchise going to take the Viagra? Oh, going to put the butts in the seat. Hello there, wrestling fans, and welcome to episode number 52 of Because WCW is a podcast where the big boys play. We have got a Nitro watch along for you this evening. My name is the Twisted Genius, Dean Ayers, and I am joined as ever by my co-host, the sports journalist, Liam Happ. Liam, how are you doing, sir? Ugh. Oh, dear. Uh, well, to be fair, Dane, apart from finding out that the brand new hero owners of my beloved Charlton Athletic Football Club are probably just going to be the latest in a long line of cowboys with all the ridiculous stories coming out on social media at the moment apart from that I'm not too bad I suppose but yeah it's fair to say that's enough to depress anyone who's actually following that team well don't tell don't talk to me about football Ipswich Town 19 four losses in a row before that one win and three losses in a row we, we are metaphorically staring at the ceiling more often then I'm going to think of a, an old WCW jobber now, and I'm going to say Snake Watson. You did well. That was a really good choice. I'm proud of you. I always liked Snake Watson. I liked. I like to think that 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 was his actual first name. Yes. I like. I like to think there are at least a few people out there called Snake. And if you are one of those listening to because <laughs> those, please, please tweet us, Facebook us, because we may have to make you a VIP listener. Oh yeah. I mean, there's Snake from The Simpsons. Yeah, that doesn't count, Dean. No. I can make up a cartoon and win awards all over the the planet and run for like 30 years and name one of my characters snake on purpose anyone can do that well they can we can name a character snake on purpose at least i'm i'm just uh thinking now of all the old uh the old jobbers pat rose and because i saw um i saw an interview with george south the other day he was a he was one of the jobbers that they get with the young guys who you know were less experienced and there's the Galaxian and Zan Panzer who are under masks. I don't know if this was slightly before your uh, before your era of uh, of WCW Worldwide or, or well, that. I'm more of a Cuban assassin Fidel Sierra kind of guy, you know. Oh, nice. In fact, I'm I'm just I'm logging on to the because WCW Twitter right now at because WCW, and I'm going to ask everyone out there who was your favourite. WCW Worldwide Jobber. Mm. And is your name Snake? We Yes, we just remembered Snake Watson. Yes, inquiring minds need to know, does anyone who followed us have the first name Snake? If not, are you willing to change it via these poll purely for our entertainment? <laughs> I mean, I can only ask, Dean. I can only ask. Yeah. Uh, this is this is literally live tweeting. I think I've got the wrong end of the stick. This isn't what they mean, is it? 
Well, yeah, I wasn't going to spoil it for you. No. You see, if uh, if I was going to change my name by Deed Pole, I would change it to Deed Pole. I think that'd be a pretty snappy name. That would be really meta. I like that. That yeah. is that is through the looking glass shit right there. Yeah, what's your name? Deedpole, really? Yeah, how did you uh, get that name? I changed it by Deedpole. I've always been partial to Ivor Biggin. Very nice, yeah. Bit deceptive, but very funny. I've uh, found a picture of Snake Watson, but oh, he's got a fucking... He's got one of those bloody... um, What do you call this? Watermark. Thank you, yeah. Yes, we have to deal with those lot in my industry. Uh, Our workaround, Dean, I have to say, the workaround of most uh, journalists, editors, desk boys is um, to, you know, actually pay for the rights to use the fucking image. Ah, uh, fuck that. <laughs> Listen up, slap nuts. That's right, this is Jeff Jarrett, the chosen one, and you're listening to Because WCW. Now choke on that. So, could I possibly pull you from this amazing side assignment and tempt you with another episode of Early Nitro? Indeed, um, you can. I've I've just tweeted that, albeit with a with a shit looking photo. But I think you know a jobber deserves shit looking photo because they are the jobber. Exactly. Um, yes. So we we are we are heading into uh, episode number. This is the twenty first episode of Monday Nitro. Um, we have got ourselves all queued up on zero 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 zero. Um, this is from the twenty second of January, nineteen ninety six, and we have got. It's a live show as always, but this is from Caesar's Palace in Las Vegas. Now, if memory serves me right, this um, preceded the Clash of the Champions the following day at the same venue, and this was all. I think Las Vegas is where there was some big TV conference going on Correct. and they, they were they were doing this as part of the tv convention conference whatever it was yeah a lot of that was covered in guy evans amazing nitro book uh can't recommend that enough we recommend that on every episode and there's a reason for that and yes this is a, it's a big double header and this particular episode of nitro let alone the clash the following day has very much been hammered home on the last few weeks of commentary as a big deal. Ever since Starcade, this has been a, a big one. So this could well be one of those episodes that... You, you, there's always the occasional episode of Raw or SmackDown or something that gets the, the pay-per-view style hype, isn't it? And I think this could be one of them. Yeah, definitely. Okay, well, are you ready, Lee? I am ready! Sorry. Okay, so we will. Uh, oh, my my computer has now decided to, it's just going to give me a blue circle of death. This is going well. This is really going well, everyone. Um, oh no! I am going to refresh and see if that works. <laughs> Thank you for waiting patiently with us. Thank you, caller. Your call is important to us. Right, there we go. We are back. So, we will press play in three, two, one, and go. Cue burning buildings. Yes, let's get this place nice and toasty, shall we? Indeed. Mind you, you know, it's pretty hot in Las Vegas at the best of times. Oh, yes. I've, I've only been just the once, nine years ago. It was, it was April. Here. 
April very very warm I dread to think how the uh, boys and girls who headed out are in June and July were getting on but I enjoyed it very much got to see some live boxing saw my friends get married had lots of fun played a very boring strategy at the tables and had a good week yeah, I went there in uh, July, not this July, Ooh. it was July of 2004, on my honeymoon. Then I got divorced. It was marvellous. Ah. And here we are in Caesar's Palace, as we said. According See- to Eric Bischoff, it doesn't get any better than that. And what the hell is that poor dog wearing tonight? Yeah, they should have, they missed a beat. They should have stuck him in one of those uh, dazzly Vegas suits for like guys on residency, shouldn't they? Yeah, is that dog dressed as a croupier or something? He's got a bow tie on and a tux. He's got a dog tux. It's the closest he's looked to being a ventriloquist dummy. Because he reminds me of, what's the famous British one? What's the what's the British ventriloquist dummy act? The, uh, the posh Keith Harris one. Norville. Oh, Roger DeCourcy and Nookie Bear. Is that the one? Uh, Lord Charles. Lord, Lord Charles, was Lord... it? Yeah. That's about right. Because the dummy was dressed head to toe in a suit. Oh, here's oh, Conan. Conan's turned up. He's... He's the Mexican heavyweight champion, apparently. That belt looks awful. It looks like a lunchbox. Yeah. That looks that that does look like something you'd get in Poundland promo on psychosis who's going to defend that stupid little title against tomorrow and that's macho man's music we're going straight to the hits again we are well this is this is the tv convention at vegas they are pulling out the big guns aren't they yeah it's head to head with a live monday night raw and it it's yeah they want to show that you know they are the they are, as, as again, harking back to Guy Evans' book, this is all about WCW showing TV execs who don't necessarily know their wrestling much and 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 have WWS, WWF synonymous with wrestling that actually there's a different uh, there's a different horse in the race now. Yeah. So Macho Man is finally here in a very tame jacket by his his I was Macho just standards. about to say yeah it's he, understated yeah he was preceded by what a a dozen females including Hulk Hogan's wife woman that's two different people incidentally yeah and commentary oh, and here comes Hogan can you hear those boos Dean yep Oh, he's his best friend, apparently. Yeah. He's wishing him good luck. So he's this is Hogan. This is a title challenge against Ric Flair, and for Hogan to be out here all over him, um, is, are they actually going to change the title here? Yeah, that's Poochie's come out. Yeah, this reminds me of WrestleMania Four. When the only way they put the belt on Savage was if, with Hogan like literally crawling over him. Mm. Yeah. So commentary insinuate that this is a mind games thing with Savage doing what Flair has done for many big matches and bring out a, a bevy of beauties, if you will. Indeed. 
That's the only time you ever get the word bevy used, isn't it? Bischoff's noting that woman is one of them, because this is their way of quietly sneaking her back into storylines. That'll be, become important later, won't it, if I remember correctly? Yes. So, yeah, we're, we're opening with a world title match, Dean. Which is pretty unprecedented at this stage of the game. Yeah, for, as far as live TV goes, I find it very intriguing. I'd find it intriguing on on a episode of, of wrestling this week. If done right, it can be fresh. It can it can change things up a bit. But my biggest fear is what is going to main event at this match's expense, given that we had Hulk Hogan Ooh. versus Meng last week. Yes. So. We've got, I mean, this is the thing. We've got a, a world title match, Ric Flair and Randy Savage. If you're kind of flicking channels and trying to decide between Nitro and Raw, you're surely going to go with Nitro here. Yeah, these two guys are proven draws, proven main eventers. Mm. And as we said the last time we watched them wrestle, they, uh, oh, he's got, Flair's gone straight for woman. Obviously, the two were also associated, like, in 1990, weren't they? Indeed. Woman of Smacks him. And here we go. Savage is chasing Flair around the ring. And we've gone all the Great American Bash 95 with a wild brawl to start things off. Yeah, we established a little while back that they were starting to fall into a a template and we know Randy Savage loves having match templates but mm-hmm. um, they, these two very much been on autopilot for several of their recent matches I suppose that speaks volumes that they have had several matches recently uh, let's see what they have to offer you. will they do a bit of the usual or will they will they step up their game a little bit and give us a bit more of a the classic that we know they can deliver Well, we had uh, we had the title change where Flair won the belt at Starcade '95, didn't we? Mm. That, that was. Have an they had any mix. other matches? Yeah, have they had anything on Nitro since then? I'm trying to think. I'm not sure since then. I believe they wrestled on Nitro just before Starcade, which was even more baffling. That may have been the very episode yes. we, we made that observation, in fact, because I think that's the match I'm thinking of. Because they, they had like a a good but sleepwalked match, if that makes sense, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. There's nothing memorable about it. The fact that we're struggling to pinpoint exactly when it was is, it speaks volumes about that. But um... Yeah, I mean, at least Starcade <laughs> 95, we remember the uh, blatant and unnecessary blade job at the end. Yes. And the fact that there was no reason for the match to happen whatsoever. Just what what a Starcade main event that was. So they've just mentioned that the Road Warriors are back together in WCW and they'll be on at the uh, at the clash tomorrow. Savage goes tumbling over the top rope, courtesy of Flair when the ref's back is turned. Which, if you think about it, as champion, if he'd have just done that in front of the referee, he'd get disqualified and keep the belt. Yeah. Jimmy Hart's... Which has always baffled me as a rule. (laughs) 
J- Jimmy Hart's still doing a bit of moonlighting with Ric Flair here. A bit of moonlighting. A bit of moonlighting. Because there, there was that little angle about a month or so ago where apparently Flair did him a solid, so he was going to manage Flair for one match, and that apparently just hasn't oh, ended, has it? Hasn't gone away, yeah. Have they actually? They've barely been in the ring. No, um, you did. You did make the references to their their summer of '95 matches, their initial WCW feud, and mm. it does look like they're going for that sort of an intensity. We will have to cover that pay per view because that's one of my favourite WCW matches. I have no objections to that. Obviously, our, our, our I don't mind saying our, our ambitions of a of a very cool Super Brawl February didn't quite come off but I would like to try and pull off a Super Brawl at some point soon if we can we'll leave the details for for another day but we might still be able to do a belated Super Brawl but yes I'd definitely be up for a 95 pay-per-view soon WCW Magazine uh, see now, now this was after I I didn't buy WCW magazine with that logo. I bought it with the grey diamond logo, the original yeah. ones. I I had a few of the early nineties versions, and then I ended up buying a few in ninety nine two thousand, just because. Uh, but yeah, I don't think I ever purchased a mid nineties, including the WCW NWO years of the magazine. Mm. Uh, so in case uh, you're not watching along with it, we just had a, an advert for WCW Magazine. So hence, we're not just randomly talking about WCW Mag. Um, I'm hoping I'm not the only one who noticed that that magazine also ran music that would later become Jamie Noble's WCW theme. That's a sort of obscure shit. shit that, yeah. I that, did not notice that. That is that obscure shit is very much my wheelhouse. So sorry in advance for coming across like a complete and utter stato. There's a man dressed in a suit wearing a Hulk Hogan bandana that looked like the most blatantly placed piece of merchandise you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> yeah, in it's... fact, a lot of people in the uh, front row mysteriously have Hulk Hogan t-shirts over their normal shirts. I just, I'm sure that's just the the fashion trend of '96. you're reading way too much into oh, it. Right. Like the way you tried yeah, to act like there was something significant about the fact that so many front row guys uh, at the last Nitro had the foam Hogan's by their feet at the floor. So yeah. many of, so oh, many of them that. had bought those, but decided they weren't going to wave them around as per their purpose. Yeah, it was the fashion of the time. Hmm to buy stuff and then not use it. A trend yeah. later picked up by Chelsea Football Club. <laughs> Backslide by Savage just gets a two count. This has been very back and forth. No one seems hmm. to be bothering to sell an awful lot. I suppose they've reached this point in their in their careers where they don't really need to tell a story. Uh, they, they're going back and forth, as you said. It's very energetic. I'm enjoying watching it. They're not, they're not half-arsing it at least. Flair's now got the figure four on, and Savage is pretty much slap bang in the middle of the ring. 
Flair's grabbing the ropes. Of course he is. Well, he's grabbing the steel cable wrapped in rubber. How dare you give the game away? Oh, now he's been caught by uh, the ref, Randy Anderson, I believe. He's pulling him off the ropes by his hair. And again, now he's threatening to disqualify Flair if he puts his hands on the ref again. But hey, just put your hands on the ref. Get disqualified. Mm. Keep the belt. It's the old classic Flair getting in aggro with the referee spot. You know, Caesar's Palace, I'm presuming this isn't in the main bit of Caesar's Palace because the venue they're in looks reasonably small for a Nitro. Yeah, I mean, you think of Vegas Resorts, there's so many nooks and crannies. I'm not sure exactly where they set this up. But, yeah, there's there, there are a lot of possibilities because you, the, the, the first time you go to Vegas and you'll stay at a resort, like mine was Bally's, for instance, and you'll just, you'll, you'll, you won't believe how many <laughs> different corridors and wings you can mm. go down, how many different shops and activities. It's, they're all huge. Yeah. Three uh, top row backs handles from Savage, and he's signaling now for the big elbow. Yeah, I stayed at the Luxor. I can't remember. It was next, next door to the Luxor. It was one of the big famous hotels, and they did an awesome breakfast buffet. I just remember that. Uh, Has Flair gone into his trunks for something? Oh, here comes oh, Arn Anderson's in. I know which hotel you're talking about, but my mind's blanking. Oh, he hit Flair. He accidentally hit Flair with the Davis brass knucks. Hogan's now come out because oh, the bell's ringing. Why is the bell ringing? Savage with the big elbow. And now the bell rings again. They've at completely balls this up. That second bell rung at two as well. And yes, as, as I thought, Hogan's increased presence is because there's a title change and he has to pretend it's him. Yeah. And as you said, only Savage only wins belts when Hogan's around to help him. That's what made WrestleMania 8 such a good moment. But even then, if you remember, still had to have Hogan in the main event. Yep. There'd be at least... I hate to break it to you, but... Hogan's in the main event of this one. Uh-huh. Oh. oh, Savage says stop the music. That was a really... They just really fucked up that title change, didn't they? Who rang that bell? That was a good match that ended in an absolute mess, wasn't it? Mm. There you go. You're celebrating like you won it. I won it, says Savage. Savage declaring it. He's the world champion. Do you understand, Poochie? And he did it because he wore a slightly more conservative jacket, I'm telling you. <laughs> Hogan actually looks like a kid who's been taken to the principal's office. <laughs> <laughs> Well, for not wearing the school uniform, but wearing a whole coat. He he has uh, respected Savage's telling off. Yes, but he says he still wants his uh, 
noticeably more politely he's asking for the first shot compared to yep. pre-match. Yeah, he didn't mention anything about getting a title shot if Macho Man won before the match. He he did, and he was very um he was much more aggressive and alpha about it. Whereas at the moment, Savage has actually called him out and told him off. And Hogan is noddy. He's yes, yes, sir. You're right. I'm sorry. Oh, he's saying let's let's do it right here in Caesar's Palace. Is he talking about tomorrow night at the Clash? Or no, they're in a they're in a tag match, aren't they? Hmm. Here you go. Yeah, tomorrow night the two of you. Oh yes, there the two of them against Flair and the Giant. So Savage has basically teased the live crowd with something they can't deliver, which is a which is a silly move. Yeah, Hogan against the One Man Gang. That's our main event tonight. Woot woot. So Hogan has declared that if he beats One Man Gang, he's the number one contender. Even though Savage has said he's not Nick Bonkle, not he's not Nick Bottlewinkle and can't make the rules, Hogan's making his rules up. Oh, he's poochy. <laughs> Savage, Savage is uh, Savage is feeling Off the testosterone tits. tonight. Well, yeah, that too. He just goes, uh, if I if I beat be... you, and I probably will, in, in a really condescending Dr. Cox from Scrubs kind of tone, uh, I want you to shake my hand afterwards. Yeah, the pair of balls, after so many weeks of being uh, Hulk Hogan's little, little buddy, he's come across on the mic with a huge set of balls there. And we've we've just had this really kind of understated world title change to open the weekly TV show. Mm. It is, it's bizarre. Yeah, it was less so. It's bizarre why you have that at the start of the show, not the the end. It was less so we have a new world champion, and more so we have a new person that Hulk Hogan needs to face to get the title back. Yeah. Okay, we're straight back into it. Here's Dean Malenko. And it sounds like he's taken on Brian Pillman, who, of course, is increasingly getting more and more batshit mental each week. Yeah, we'll hopefully be drifting back into the Horseman storyline here. It's obviously been a bad start to the night for them with Flair. And every time they try and conduct a bit of business as a stable, Pillman is right there, ballsing it up. Which makes it a bit of a surprise that he weren't there to ruin something in that match. That was that was just double A in the world title match. Yeah. Um, Pillman disturbingly has like a, a punk rock shirt that doesn't fit him and also has a hole that exposes one nipple. I yeah. don't think those things are going to sell. <laughs> no. And he's now tucking his cane into the ring apron. It reminds me of that uh, scene in the Clockwork Orange. Hmm. Well, see, like, he he always did go through a through a lot a lot of hard work and detail to to make this character stand out, and it did. But yeah, that's a 
that's up there with Randy Savage's worst uh, entrance outfits, I must say. <laughs> These two look like good opponents for each other because they've both mm. had the issue of looking too small against some of the other upper mid-carders or even when they've wrestled main eventers. But with this, they, they are... They are quite evenly matched. So I've had a little peek. And this is... Oh, go on. Sorry. No, yeah, you go for it. I was just gonna, I've had a little peek. I'd see what else we've got in store. Uh, in addition to Hogan, one man gang, we do have a tag team title match. And I'm trying my best not to get excited. Okay, we'll uh, we'll get to that shortly, I'm I'm sure. But um, yes. you know, I was going to say this is going to be an interesting one because, you know, this is a, a nitro that isn't just being booked for TV. This is being booked for casual fans, for people who aren't necessarily wrestling fans, to kind of give them a taster of what WCW is all about. So. It's a big vote of confidence from the company to put these two guys in this position straight after the world title match. Mm. Let's see what they can do. I mean, Malenko's someone who regularly gets used on Nitro, like Guerrero and a couple of mm. others. Uh, probably yeah. thanks to his, his prowess and ability to, to to not let you down on live TV. But um, in this instance, you'd imagine this match has been put together as a showcase for Pillman who is one of their top characters who does stand out. They've got big stars in every other match on this show. And you've got Pillman, who's really going to show off that character, that personality, which at this point in the timeline, WWE are expecting is going to lead to a, to a huge angle. But we know with hindsight, it didn't quite come out that way. Mm. See, if I, if I was doing a, a show where I wanted to kind of get the interest of, uh, not you know people who aren't necessarily wrestling fans. I I'd be looking at my at my luchadors, at my Rey Mysterios, at, you know colourful characters that do aerial moves, daredevil moves that really get the U's and the R's going. True, but it's fair to say at this point in the timeline, WWE hadn't yet landed on that payder of garnering that reputation for having at least one amazing cruiserweight luchador match you know we saw we saw conan earlier but they're not quite at that level where they've got the the depth of all those masked luchadors um yeah a lot of their their more accomplished in ring action has come by the way of the malenkos the guerreros benoit jl and between between that sort of nexus they have delivered some really good matches on nitro but i think it was actually more during the early nwo days that they started to really fill up that roster and it became part of their identity along with the amazing nwo storyline dean's been on top of most of this and and that offense of his is so smooth mm. and safe and professional. I mean, oh, oh, beautiful uh, tornado DDT from Pillman there. It's almost like Malenko has, has dragged the wrestler out of the loose cannon because he was he was roughing Dean up early on. Then Malenko's got on top and and really taken it and got a few near falls in him and. The old flying Brian was forced to respond with a tornado DDT. Mm. 
Now the cockiness so I thought is turning. The... Yes. I thought someone in the background was getting, the crowd was getting arrested, but it was just the way he was walking with his hands behind his back. Probably someone for not wearing their mandated Hogan apparel. It could easily be that. Oh, nice. So he hits a nice tiger bomb on Pillman, and as soon as he staggers to his feet, the timing on that drop kick was bang on. Oh, there you go. Heenan's just said, Harlem Heat v Sting and Luger, we could yes. have another title change. I'm sure uh, you it's guessed your favorite tag team. Yep, I'm sure you guessed why I was getting so excited anyway, but Oh yeah. yeah. I think I think that bromance, that on and off bromance could be taking a a major step on this on this episode of Nitro. So Malenko tried for a superplex. Pillman blocked it with some headbutts. He's gone back up. Pillman's back up to the middle rope, going for another Tornado DDT, but he's thrown off by uh, Malenko. Malenko is going. He's going for the gut buster, I think, now. Mm. And the thing is, that move, that gut buster, it's very... Very simple, but anyone who sees that will just cringe at it. It looks a nasty move. Yeah, not enough people pull that off now. You remember when mm. the likes of Jamie Noble and uh, he's getting a few mentions today. Noble and um, Roderick Strong, another one, pulled out the, the double knee one where they drop to their back mm. and get two knees to the guts. There's some lovely sort of moves you can pull off from there. There was someone on the indie scene who would every now and then pull off a torture rack into a backbreaker, which I'd imagine is is not easy to to manage. Oh, that's a now this is a really bizarre finish because horrible. Melenko's leg was caught up in the ropes, and the referee still counted the fall, that... even though his leg was. That is really weird. That was supposed to be Pillman cheating and taking advantage to do it. But the thing is, is that the tie-up in the ropes with Malenko's foot is right there in front of the referee. It's impossible to ignore. It's one of them instances where a referee has to pretend he's blind and or oh. stupid to make a finish work. And if, you, if you're booking it like that, you might want to reconsider. Well, that's two matches and two... Shitty finishes, really, isn't two, it? Two that? enjoyable matches ruined by the finish as well. Yeah. Oh, Rick Flair v Alex Wright on Saturday night that week. I actually want to watch that. That's got that's got Sting Malenko vibes about it. Well, Flair is always good with people. He always gives them something, yeah. doesn't he? I mean. Bear in mind, Ric Flair, you know, when he was the NWA world champion, he was used to going around to all these different territories, and quite often he'd have to work with the shitty local champion who also happened to be the promoter and make them look good and, and get a 60-minute match out of them. Mm. So we got the Parker-Sherry wedding <laughs> on, oh, the, on the show beautiful. on wink wink tomorrow show the clash oh 
Oh, here come the tag champions, Harlem Heat. Heenan's lo losing his pieces at commentary. I think he's been pushed by Mongo once too many times. <laughs> he says he's not talking anymore. So, no sign of uh, Sister Sherry. Is she Was she still with them at this point? Uh, sure she was. I remember... Oh, yeah, they just mentioned... I remember they them told having her to a... take a hike. Yeah, there was that one match a few weeks ago where Parker actually came out and proposed during it. And it like it really disrupted him, but they still won, if I remember correctly. Mm. That was only uh, so, four or five ago. Yeah, but it sounds like she is no longer with Harlem Heat. Either that or she just Here likes comes... hiking. Yeah. And they went Here to encourage it. a man called Sting. <laughs> Oh, Sting and Luger coming out together, which I wasn't expecting. Sort of. Well, that's in the same entrance. No, no separate music for Luger. Bit, bit of, bit of distance. I like how this. It's not completely buddy buddy. Yeah. But we we haven't got the thing that the WWE seems to like to at the moment of doing horrendous mashups of two people's theme tunes. It just doesn't work. I'm looking forward to... I, I saw a gif going around on social media a while back. I'm not exactly sure what which show it was, or even if it was definitely a Nitro, but there's an entrance the two of them make, Sting and Luger, where Sting's in front, and behind him, Luger is like treating the fans like crap and jacking jaws with them as a heel. But every time Sting turned and saw him, he would stop and like pat the kids on the head and be all nice and buddy buddy with them. <laughs> and I really want that to happen soon because I love that. If, if it doesn't, I'm just going to have to dig the gif out. And we have an advert for Super Bowl. Mm, the next big one. 96. question is will hulk hogan have anyone to job out by that time or will he've run out run out of people so here we go we're starting out stevie ray and lex luger luger gets off to a fast start worth noting that uh, stevie ray was was really trying to muscle sting around even before the match started the changes made their entrance after the champs by the way fucking place um and he was just like shoving him and trying to start a bit of static well uh mongo's talking about the problems that they these two have, have had because mm. there was an accidental megaphone shot, wasn't there, that he also referenced? Yep. Yep. Luger's on top for about no. 30 seconds, and then uh, Booker T gets in the cheap shot. Don't know if this is going to run long. Yep. They're, they're kind of <laughs> doing the opening act pretty quickly. Yep. And they've also pointed out in commentary, no Jimmy Hart. Mm. Luger didn't want him out there. Presumably neither did Sting. Oh, and Harlem Heat are both in the respective 
in opposite corners and Sting is Sting is splashing everyone and you're absolutely yeah. right, Liam. This is uh this is kind of like going on fast forward, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, this is Cliff's notes, isn't it? I hope it's not gonna be as, like a squash. As, as far as the uh Oh Luke yeah, has got the ref's as, attention as as... for no reason. He's actually cost his own partner there. Yeah, axe kicks to the back of the head of Sting. Maybe now we're getting the uh, the heel heat because mm. yeah, just not not the the pace of the execution of the moves, but just the the pace of the the narrative of the match was mm. was going at at quite a pace. That's when you know you've watched too many wrestling matches slash TV shows or anything really when you're when you're judging where it's going based on the tropes. But hey, I like doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful kick, flying sort of axe, a different kind of axe kick from Booker T. He, yeah, Booker T's already standing head and shoulders above his brother at this stage, isn't he? Yeah, he's the Shawn Michaels to Booker's, oh, to Stevie's Marty Janetti. In, in Steve Ray's defence, he does say it's on like Nick Bone really, really well. So say again, he does what? He says it's on like neck bone a lot. And he does that well, so he's got that going for him. Oh, he's got, yeah, he's got something there. And Booker T is uh, deceptively massive as well. Yeah. Huge bloke. Almost unnaturally so. Almost. Almost. I mean, there's certain parts of, of the wrestling timeline where they say like 75% of the roster will be taking some supplements to help their physique. And uh, I, ha- I, I have no proof of it, but I would, I, I would put betting money on Booker T. And obviously the man on the baby, yeah, the so-called babyface apron, who's just made the save. Yeah, I'd have a guess that he has as well. <laughs> no, Luca has actually admitted it in shoot interviews, so I suppose you don't have to worry yeah. about libel in that case. And uh, we also know about at this time, at this time of the, the timeline, there was no kind of testing or wellness policy, so uh, who knows? Who knows? I'm not anyway, actually sure those that we ever did, to be honest. Did they ever they have allegedly a had something? <laughs> after after um, Pillman died. They swore blind every now and then they had something. Yeah. Luger's doing Sting no favours once again. Yep. And, and indeed, Eric Bischoff on commentary is just asking if that's on purpose. Yeah. At least he's using slightly different words. Normally every week, it's just him and me and Gene saying, what's the deal with Luger and Sting? Not exactly much in-depth analysis coming from them regarding the the uh, the hard-to-hear 
pinpoint relationship between the two. Mm. Fans are into this heat, though. They love Sting, to be fair. And we've got... Um, we just got Booker T with a, a nerve hold on Sting, who's lying flat stomach first on the canvas. So not an awful lot is happening here. And I think that's why the cameraman just went along... <laughs> Mm. Of the crowd. It's almost like they used up all their energy in that opening stretch. Yeah. So I'm just loving the views of these like middle-aged to elderly women in the front row with their Hogan merchandise, which the way even the way they're holding it, you can tell they've been given it. Hmm. Unfortunately, we've still got plenty of his uh, his ego rush still to come. That midlife crisis was really bad until the new world order at least made him look a bit interesting. Yeah, we've still got a few months to go before that. Booker T is covering this slow pace this well with loads of trash talk composing and yes it's good to see like, I don't like... understand I, I was going to say I don't understand why we've gone from such a fast paced open to such a slowdown of this I don't know if they've been told to kill a bit of time or, or what have you, in your time, like, overseeing cars getting put together and even booking, have you ever seen uh, matches where the wrestlers maybe deem, like, you know, they, they, they cut it down into, say, like, three acts, but, they, but they're a lot more abrupt with one act than they are another, even though it's been all set in stone. I'm sure that's, that must have happened a couple of times. Yeah, but you get that, you tend to get that with someone who is inexperienced and nervous and you know the, the easiest thing and the most likely thing that a nervous wrestler would do is is rush through things without thinking about those very things that you just pointed out Booker T was doing the jaw jacking with the crowd the posing the bits the slowing things down making things mean something so in you know in this kind of situation it, it, it wouldn't it, it it wouldn't make sense to me, but mm. Luger gets the big baby face. Oh, he did get the big baby face tagging, but the ref didn't see it, and he's pulling him back on his tag rope. And there's Jimmy, Jimmy Hart, Hart has turned up, and what's he given Luger? He's given him something. Jimmy Hart gave him a brass knucks or a little chain or something? Possibly. Something. We don't know what it is. Even the commentators didn't see it. Sting didn't see what it was. Or Sting didn't see it at all. Luger's just got it balled up in his hand, whatever it is. They just cross-bodied each other. When a double clothesline simply won't do. And now Luger's got his... He's got his right hand behind his back, concealing whatever that is in his hand. And Sting... Sting makes the tag. And he's just immediately... Look, 
That was a roll of quarters. Look at the coins. Yeah. And there's a load of coins. There's a load of coins on the canvas. The referees completely ignored that. And we've got new tag team champions. And That's... Sting is like, what? Sting is looking like, what the fuck? <coughs> Luger is celebrating like, well, like he's won the world tag team titles with his best mate. And Sting is asking what's going on. From a storytelling standpoint, that's that, that's obviously a great storytelling finish. But considering that Nick Patrick has had to, for the second straight match, pretend that he is an absolute fucking moron. Uh, yeah, this these finishes are not good tonight. That's that's another bad finish considering the obviousness of that. But I did I liked how that it has to be the quickest, the most abrupt hot tag ever. He got the hot tag, hit him with a weapon and pinned him. So there are Ooh. things about that finish I really liked, but how daft is it that they've had to pretend that the coins aren't there? Just use brass knuckles in that case. You know? Yes. Bottles yeah. the mind. Okay, so we've now got our... I'm guessing this is main event time. We've got the most unlikely US heavyweight champion, one man gang. Oh, and he's the US champ at this point as well. Yep, because he beat Kensuke Sasaki. How fucking insecure is Hulk Hogan at this stage? We knew he was insecure at this stage, but... So uncensored in a couple of months from this point in the timeline is is not just some eureka moment where he decided he was gonna big daddy the whole roster. This is this is clearly snowballing. We are building up to that climax of unbridled ego appeasement. This will sound weird, but there's nice lighting effects on Hogan's entrance here. They've got like likenesses of him lit up on the aisle, if that makes sense. Yeah. And um, incidentally, we have uh, we've had a reply uh, already to the um, our favourite WCW jobber, and uh, Steve McCulloch has uh, replied with a photo of the man himself, Bob Cook. Ah. Oh. Remember Bob Cook? Vaguely. If you don't, you remember when you see the photo. I think I'm right in saying Bob Cook was one of the guys who actually like brought the troop of, you know, he'd he'd arrange who was coming and he'd like book the troop of jobbers. He was like head jobber. Do you know who I think my favourite WCW jobber is at the moment? Who? The One Man Gang. Man gang. <laughs> I mean, this is this is outrageous. So, uh, who would who would sacrifice their secondary champion in an outright job fest like this? I mean, can you imagine WWE doing this in recent years? I'll wait. This yeah. <laughs> but this this is the thing that is that is bizarre. He is, as you say, he is the US champion, which. By default, supposedly, also makes him the number one contender to the world heavyweight title. Not that that is ever, ever acknowledged, but that's what it's supposed to be. 
And and I guess so. I guess the logic here is if Hogan beats him as the number one contender, he becomes the number one contender. Mm. Although I don't know why he's doing this because as we heard pretty clearly earlier, Hulk Hogan made himself the number one contender on the grounds that he said so. Yes. That's clearly all you need. Good luck. Yeah, good luck writing the uh, summary of this episode because you've got so much to choose from. Oh, I think I might just go for a short one and simply write yikes. <laughs> oh, one man gang suddenly turned into Akeem there. He punched him so hard. He brought back. He brought back the African <laughs> dream. <laughs> he did. He literally turned into Akeem for five seconds. Okay, that no. little wink was that. That homage tickled us. That was good. So far, it's all Hogan. Yeah. One of the reasons he normally likes wrestling the monsters is that he gets beaten up for most of the fight and then hulks up. There's a forearm from the gang. Here we go. And a big body slam. Down he goes. Oh, and the... Straight uh, for the splash. This isn't going to last long. But he then hasn't... Hasn't picked him up, hasn't pinned him, and Hogan has got straight up and hulked up. <laughs> I did, I did like Gang staring at the hulked up Hogan. Then he looks down at the mat where he splashed him, and then back yes. up at Hogan. And now we're getting multiple, multiple turnbuckle shots, and and Hogan is almost morphing into a, a slightly more competent version of Big Daddy at this point. Yeah. He's gonna, he said he's going to slam him. Just about gets him up. So the gang got a forearm blow, a body slam and a splash. Thanks for coming, United States champion. Now, didn't fuck even, off. Didn't even cover him properly. And that match, ladies and gentlemen, lasted three minutes and three seconds. Hulk Hogan has literally squashed... The US champion in three minutes. And here's a Zodiac. What the fuck is wrong with this promotion? Now Where he's is, beating up is, oh, everyone. Benoit. Is that Benoit? Yeah. So he is now turning into Big Daddy. Oh, sweet Jesus. This is depressing. He's. It's four oh, on Anderson. one. He's savage. It's four on two. Oh, he's savage, yeah. But still, they're promoting this as the main event of tomorrow's show. Five with. Uh, Six, Pillman and Sullivan are here. So it's basically this whole alliance between the Dungeon Doom and the Horsemen are at. Including the Giant. They won't let the Giant get They're involved. They're holding back the Giant, right? So he's got to save someone for Super Brawl. For fuck's sake. The Giant is trying to get in the ring. They're saying no. Man alive, did Hogan need a shrink in 96 or what? <laughs> Your mind tomorrow. So here you go. This is... Hillman's uh, just leaping up and down in front of the camera. Mm. And Arn Anderson's telling him to calm down. But 
we well, what what an odd way to build up Clash of the Champions tomorrow. Can, can you imagine what sort of rating that would have done if it weren't for the giant in this, who is literally the only heel they've made any effort to protect as a threat? Ooh. Wait till Super we're back to Hogan and Savage talking. Yeah, I, I, I was getting the feeling we haven't had enough of that yet. Yeah. I think uh, Hogan in his mind literally saw these TV shows as like you think you think of you know that you'd have the Fresh Prince of Bel Air and Will Smith would be in every scene, you know, like the whole show is just chronicling his life because this is the third powwow between these two in this show. Jesus. Not not enough eighties references. The uh, Miss Elizabeth is going to be there now. Oh man. Because that's another thing they're building for Super Brawl. So. So we've got these two who are tag partners who seem to be at each other's throats, which is kind of like the opposite of Sting and Luger. Hmm. But they're all right now. I think their hobo friend must have called them and calmed them down. Uh, maybe they brought him to Vegas. Mm. Throw him in the fountain, give him a wash, you know. That would be pay-per-view. They wouldn't even need, you need that for the clash. Put that on PPV. This is this is now Hogan and Savage literally just talking shit on live TV. Oh. This is this has been the Hogan and Mainly the Hogan show. On even on the past foul, Dean, I gotta say I'm really struggling to justify here because it's I, mostly sorry, been even. Yeah, go on. You go for it. Sorry. Go. No, 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 no. I was just gonna say. I was just gonna say. Even though we've had two title changes, I think the finishes. We've had three matches with lousy botchy finishes, and then a three-minute squash of the U.S. Heavyweight Champion. I'm sorry, but but this is, for me has got to be a thumbs down. Yeah, I think I've got to join. It's only the third thumbs down we've given since the start mm. of Nitro, covering each week. I was entertained enough by the the world title match. I was entertained mildly by Pillman and Malenko doing their thing. I was even entertained by some of the little silly things that the one-man gang was doing in that squash match. But yeah, the finishes of all of them, and the only exception you had to that was uh, the tag title match, which was the opposite. I thought it was a bit of a shit match with a funny finish, other than the fact that they've had to pretend that there's not weapons everywhere. And Heenan's going apoplectic at the end of the show because Flair lost. Indeed. Right. Well, um, that brings us to uh, to a, a close of another uh, Monday Nitro watch along. Um, just before we go, don't forget to give us a follow on Twitter at because WCW. Tell us your favourite WCW worldwide jobber. Also, our good friends at Hooked on Wrestling will be running WrestleMania 36 viewing parties if you are in the UK. 
if you're interested in going to any of these, and believe you me, they're very much, they, they very much are. Me and Liam have been to plenty of them. You get a quiz, you get a fancy dress costume, you get a bar, you get to watch WrestleMania with hundreds of like-minded wrestling fans. Um, and you can go to hookedontickets.co.uk. Um, they have got viewing parties happening at the following locations. Milton Keynes, Dundee, Aberdeen, London, Victoria, Glasgow, Liverpool, Newcastle, Brighton, Hull, Nottingham, Manchester, Leeds, London, Shoreditch, Cardiff, Edinburgh and London Bridge. So any of those that sound good to you. Um, London Bridge is sold out. So any other, anyone other than that, then go to hookedontickets.co.uk. So on behalf of my broadcast colleague, Liam Hatt, this is a Twisted Genius saying thank you so much for taking the trouble to download us. Please keep spreading the word. Please subscribe, rate and review us. And we'll see you ringside.